Smith. Lisa. Hi. Hi. That's a marine psychologist or something. Did I get that right? No. <laughs> it's marine ecology. Hmm. You hold this a second. How long are you here for? Uh, I'm here two weeks. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Where else are you staying? So, um, they're, uh, dead. Dead? Oh, no, no. No, they're, they're just sleeping. So what happened? Well, they're, uh, they're pilot whales. It, um, it happens with them from time to time, but no one, no one really knows why. And what are all these deep cuts? Possible wounds from the rocks while being washed up here. But they didn't beach themselves? Oh, no, no. No, they, they died at sea. All of them. At once. Yeah. Yeah, it's a strange one, all right. It's time to dive in the dirty waters of film criticism. Tricycle Radio presents The Movie Wave with Sergio Calvo. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of The Movie Wave. I'm here at the Edinburgh International Film Festival again with, <laughs> with Susanna Marchant and George Sully. Uh, and this is another interview episode. Uh, this time we're going to play the interview that Susanna recorded on the on the phone with John Wright, the director of Monster Comedy Grabbers. Uh, Susanna, tell me a little bit about Grabbers. Uh, were you grabbing your seat when you <laughs> while you were watching this film? Well, at first I have to apologize that it's a it's a phone interview, but um, I actually had an interview booked with him here at the festival, right. but then a landslide prevented my train from getting into town. Oh, I was no. gutted. I was really, really gutted. But Bl blame it on nature. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully he, um, you know, agreed to a, a phone interview. So he was really lovely. Um, John was really lovely. So, um, well, Grabbers is a yeah, it's a it's a monster movie comedy set in Ireland, um, in a little fishing village. Um, which is suddenly um, it gets attacked by those uh, um, blood-sucking monsters, and uh, and the inhabitants discover that the monsters are allergic to alcohol. So the only way of not getting killed is to get pissed. <laughs> um, so it's a, it's a, you know it's a, a British uh, humor uh, monster movie comedy. It's all in there. Um, Monster and Guinness, all, all in one. Yes, exactly. So it was really lovely. I was really glad that I got that interview because um, I thought this is typical British cinema. I think you've got a little bit of horror or monster movie in there. You've got some some humor. You've got uh, romance even. So everything is in there. All right. So let's listen to what uh, John Wright, the director of Grabbers, has to say about the film Grabbers. Grabbers. Um, it's a film written by Kevin Lehane. That's right. Um, um, have you worked with Kevin before? No. Um, it was essentially, I, it was two of the producers who I made my first feature with, Tormented. Mm -hmm. They found the script, it was submitted to them, uh, and spotted it as a good one. They, they thought it would be my kind of thing. So they <laughs> gave it to me and uh, I met Kevin, and Kevin and I had a lot of, sort of shared references. Yes. Uh, changing 
changing the film, but getting it to work practically on the money that we have. Yeah. And, and getting, you know, getting it to all the set pieces we're working to their utmost and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But Kevin and I worked together on that, although I didn't do any writing, he, he, he did all the writing. Um, uh, yeah, worked very well, I think. Do you think you'll work together again? Uh, well, he, he, he has hopes to. He's written a script which he, he intends for me to direct called Legend Has It. Uh-huh. Which is uh, um, kind of a, a reimagining of Irish myths and legends. Oh. Um, a little nod to the Princess Bride and some of the kind of 80s fantasy movies like uh, Legend or Labyrinth. Oh, r- lovely. Uh, so um, it's a fantastic script. Just We'll see how that progresses. It's not It's not happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I... <laughs> yeah. Um now Grabbers is a is a monster movie comedy. Yes. Um about oh, a it. <laughs> <laughs> about a um a, a small fishing village in Ireland that is yeah. uh, invaded by some blood sucking monsters. Um it has monsters, it has romance, it has some yeah. big laughs in it. Yeah. Um lots of alcohol. Yes. Um would you say that maybe I mean, it, obviously, it is a, 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 a comedy as well. But would you say that also is a bit of a nod towards the um, old school monster movies from the eighties? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, um, there's a school of thought that you kind of revisit the films that made a big impression on you as a teenager and just try and recreate, you know, the magic that you experienced when you first watched those kind of films. And I, I think, yeah, absolutely, we were looking back affectionately. 80s monster movies and sort of you know late seven, mid to late 70s as well so kind of movies like Jaws and Tremors and that kind of mm-hmm. and those kind of movies the Amblin era um, and um, you know going against I suppose modern trends and it's, it's a slow burn and it takes a, a long time to reveal the monster in its all its glory and <laughs> the, the monster's glimpsed rather than seen yes and suggested often and um uh, and we t- we take a long time to get to allow the audience to get to know the characters before we really start putting them through their paces and, and frightening the characters. Yes. So uh, hopefully by the time Jeopardy kicks into gear and you, and you feel like the characters are in danger, that you, you care about them and you don't want anything to happen to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, but yeah, I think all of that is a little bit old-fashioned. I think the pace of the editing at times is like well, a contemporary-looking movie and feeling movie. It's you know, the edit is probably a little bit slow by modern standards. We give the characters room to breathe and allow them, you know, we have shots of people thinking. Yes. Uh, which are kind of a no-no in a modern movie. And <laughs> something I always love about late 70s, 80s movies is you have a shot of a character and instinctively you know what's going through their head although you could never articulate it. Yes. You, know, you can never turn to somebody and say, I think he just thought that, but you intuitively know what they've been thinking. Mm. So there's a lot of that, you know. Although you did seem to go a little bit against the theory that yeah. the longer you keep your monster hidden, the scarier the film is. Yeah. So I thought, is it b- just to make sure that everybody knew this is a, a monster movie comedy, not a horror comedy? No, no it's, uh, I mean, if you, if you actually get your stopwatch and, and, you know, the moment where it's first revealed, that where the female is first revealed, uh-huh. and the moment where the male is first revealed, it's quite, actually quite late in the film. Uh-huh. I mean, compared to the average modern movie, it's way, way, way later. Uh, and I think that's a good sign, because obviously you're enjoying yourself and you won't look at your watch too often. <laughs> <laughs> you're... But, um, it's, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's pretty late on. 
your budget was um, wasn't massive. I mean, it was no. considerably larger than what you had for Tormented. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> but um, it wasn't massive. Yet you chose to hire one of the best designers when it came to creature effects and and yeah. uh, VFX. Was that because you thought this is what I'm not going to be skimping on? This is very important. Uh, it was partly that. It was. Um Partly that Paddy Easton, the visual effects supervisor, is a, a friend of mine, and he loved the script, loved the idea, you know, wanted to work with me. So they, they you know, they didn't do it at the at top price, shall we say? Uh-huh. But they they gave it their all, you know. So I think what I felt was, if you watch a movie like, for example, um, uh, the Clash of the Titans remake, yes, some of the effects in that are just jaw-droppingly brilliant, mm-hmm. and some of the effects in that are quite poor. And it's very much a patchwork of effects. And if you look, if you then go to the to the role at the end, and you know, it tends to be six, seven, eight, nine, ten visual effects companies all around the world, uh, and hundreds of thousands of people, and you don't know um, who's done what. Yeah. There's no real sense of who's done what. So you can't attribute uh, praise or blame. And so one of the things that I was quite keen on was to have one company do all the visual effects. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not a massive. It's not such a big movie, and we're not on such a tight turnaround that we need to to divide it amongst all the visual effects houses in London. Yeah, we have one small boutique company, and I sort of felt um, if we did that, and they were really passionate about the project, which they were, that they would see it almost as a kind of calling card, mm. um, and would you know everybody would know when they saw Monster and Grabbers that it was Invisible, the company. Yes, who, who, who did the designs and who 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 made those monsters? So. Mm. There was kind of a lot, a lot at stake for them. I felt, and that was quite a hard battle to win because there's obviously there's lots of cheaper options in the world today. Yes, and, and, and there's lots of countries all around the world, you know, um, uh, who will do your visual effects for less. Um, but I stuck to my guns on that, and I think I think that paid off because I think in the end, uh, Invisible were willing to go the distance and do go above and beyond the call of duty um, to make the, to make it look good. Mm. In a way that maybe another company might not have been. Yes. Uh, yeah. Although your your budget, do you think your budget was larger than Tormented because mm. uh, because of the success of Tormented? Yeah, ab- absolutely, unquestionably. <laughs> and and, and um, you know, I think a lot of people looked at Tormented and thought it looked like a lot more than it cost. Yes. And I think a lot of people are looking at Grabbers and thinking the same thing. Hmm. Um, you know, and there's people coming, people seeing the movie and estimating the budget and putting it way higher than it actually was. Yeah. And so I think, you know, in a very uh, prosaic way, I think financiers and distributors like that, you know, they think, well, <laughs> I remember reading that um, Jim Cameron got hired for um, um, Aliens because he was fast and he was cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not a bad reputation. No. <laughs> Um, you began your career with uh, music videos and commercial yeah. short films, yeah. um, The Librarian's Dream, which, yeah. to be honest, I mean, it scared me personally. <laughs> um, how di- did you manage to make your move into the world of the feature film then? Yeah, it was great difficulty, you know. In, in the UK, it's, it's not the easiest industry to break into. Yeah. Um, we don't really, in truth, have a very vibrant industry, and a lot of the, a lot of the filmmakers that you'd know actually aren't making profit with their movies mm-hmm. uh, for one reason or another. So um, 
it's, it's, it was no, you know, it was just a case literally of persistence, and I just banged my head against the brick wall until the brick wall fell down. Yes. As opposed to my head falling off. <laughs> it literally, I'd say it was that. I mean, I, I made short films, making them since I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, and I kept making them, um, you know, on average about one a year. Mm -hmm. I kept getting better, I would have said. And then um, the Librarian's Dream sort of put me at the door to, to get going with features, but it was very tough to get that yes. first job, you know, and really, in the, you know, in Hollywood terms, yes. uh, three quarters of a million pounds is not a lot of money. No. But, um, you know, I had a lot of very nervous people that I had to um, reassure that, <laughs> that I could do the job. Yes. It feels a lot easier now, having done that first film. Oh, yeah. Um, no, my next question is a bit long, so please bear with me. Right, yeah. um, it might have something to do with um, uh, what one of your characters said in the film. Um, yeah. It's the quiet places where all the mad shit happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, I find that the British cinema tends to mix genres a bit more than um, elsewhere, um, yeah. and I really love that. I mean, it's it's really something that you have a bit of drama within horror or, or comedy within horror. Yeah. Um, Tormented wouldn't be the same without the laughs. No. Um, do you think it's because the British filmmakers feel, feel that, you know, life is never just a drama or just a comedy, so films shouldn't be either? Or yeah. do you think maybe it has something to do with the, the fact that they want to take an idea and make it more original, more their yeah. own? Because well, everyone yeah. knows that aliens always land in the Amer in, in in the U.S. and uh, maybe yeah. that's why there is films like you know Cottage and Shaun of the Dead and Grabbers. Yeah. I know a screenwriter working on a zombie film in a small Scottish yeah. village. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. I mean, I think um, probably when you make a low budget movie, and all those films are low budget, all the ones you mentioned, relative to Hollywood, uh -huh. especially relative to Hollywood nowadays. Uh, I think you have to be different, you know, and you have to give people a reason why they shouldn't spend their um, five pounds, ten pounds on going to see one of the tentpole blockbusters. Yeah. I think you've got to be, you've got to, you've got to offer something different to the mainstream at that budget level. So I think that's part of the reason why, you know, people are crossing genres and fusing genres. And it's also, I think, you know, I'm definitely from the generation and all those filmmakers, Paul Andrew Williams and Edgar Wright and all those filmmakers you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Rule VHS, children of the VHS generation. So, you know, it's kind of first generation who could sort of own a film and have it in their living room and and rewatch it and rewatch it without having to go to cinema. And I think, as a result, you, you tend to grow up with like a, a sort of um, uh, a film geek or film buff knowledge of film of recent film history. Yeah. So you tend to. I don't know. It it, I think that makes it more interesting to sort of combine two different films and to and to make nods and references to films of the past and all that sort of stuff that you know my generation of filmmakers seem quite drawn to. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's much more fun to watch you know a film in Britain about yeah. something that's happening in Britain rather than another yeah. American film about aliens landing in New York. Absolutely. Well, I think I mean this is my hope is that you know it's going to be really interesting when it comes out in Ireland because. My hope is that um, the Irish will take it to their hearts and, and turn out for the film and go and see it and have fun watching it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for them, we can't really, you know, um, somebody wrote about Grabbers, they wrote um, an Irish monster movie in the tradition of and dot, 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 uh, meaning, you know, there are no other Irish 
movie, but it, we, we are, it, it's the first time Irish people have seen, um, you know, aliens wreaking havoc in Ireland that we can think of at least. And, uh, you know, that's, that's fun. I think it's, uh, it's a lovely thing if you're Irish to see characters. I mean, the Irish, people that, I've, that I know Irish, who, who are Irish who've seen it are, on an anecdotal level are really kind of into the film and really like it. Yes. And, and um, they love, the, they recognise all those characters. That's lovely. They know those people kind of thing. Mm. So, yeah, I just think it's great fun to, to put a huge 30-foot tentacle alien into the middle of all that. Oh, yeah. Because like you say, yeah, there's something, you know, and there's something to be, there's a sort of a justification there probably for, like, the Irish Film Board putting in a bit of money and, and uh, the UK Film Council putting in a bit of money because it is, there is some cultural value in seeing seeing stories set in your own country. Yes. Because we are completely bombarded and inundated with American stuff, particularly. Oh, we are, yeah. And it almost feels like we're part of America sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. We're like a little island outpost. You know, we're like Hawaii, just a bit further away. So I think it is, it is, there is some importance in that we have stories set here and that also that the stories aren't always about, you know, people who li- living on a council estate shooting up smack and mm. being depressed, but there's stories that are mythical and escapist and silly and all those things as well. Yeah. Is your next film Howl or is it Our Robot Overlords? Uh, that's a very good question. <laughs> that's one that the producers of both films are asking me quite regularly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I don't know you at the moment. Um, they're both looking, both very interesting projects. Uh, both at different budget levels. So Howl would be a similar budget to Grabbers. Uh-huh. And uh, our robot overlords would be quite a lot bigger. It'd be like, well, like 10, uh, I probably shouldn't say actually, but quite a lot bigger. Okay. Um, so they're both progressing quite steadily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's a case of sort of which horse wins the race, really. All right. Our robot overlords, that would be PG-13, wouldn't it? Yeah. So it's, um, uh, it's a gang of teenagers, basically. So it's a kind of, we um, did a little... Uh, off the record script feedback session at the Edinburgh Festival with some young filmmakers the other day. Uh-huh. Uh, and they were aged 16 to 18 and they described it back to me as Stand By Me versus Robot. <coughs> or um, uh, Super 8 versus Robot. Okay. You take your pick out of those, but it's basically a gang of teenagers sort of um, uh, looking back to the sort of feisty, uh, sweary gangs of teenagers you have in films like The Goonies. Uh-huh. Stand By Me. And, and Howl would be about werewolves? Howl is a commuter train that stalls in a forest and is um, invaded by werewolves looking for their, for an alpha male to lead their pack. Oh, oh they, they both sound really wonderful. Yes, they are. I mean, they're, they're both quite different, both very good script. Um, Howl would be a departure for me because it would be um, very bloodthirsty and violent. I mean, I know Tormented was, but it was Yes. So that school kids could see it. Because <laughs> they were the ones who loved it the best. Um, but how would be like a, you know, a horror, a horror, horror. Mm. Um, not, 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 you know, not disturbing or, you know, or um, in the kind of, um, you know, the torture porn sort of zone at all, you know. Yes. Uh, very violent. Okay. Yeah. I know that, I mean, it sounds really lovely, so I would definitely, I will definitely... Um, 
look look for them. Yeah. Um, I know that just just like me, you're a fan of fantasy and science yeah. fiction and graphic novels. Yeah. If would you accept if you were offered a chance to film a, a graphic novel blockbuster in the US? Mm. Would you accept? Novel. Mm-hmm. The thing for me, uh, the thing that frustrates me about lots of the blockbusters is they, they scripts often don't, the stories don't make sense often. Yes. And the characters are um, barely cared for. Oh, absolutely. And so for me, the thing that I'm, the, the thing that drives me as a filmmaker, I lo- I mean, I love big budget escapist movies. Those mm-hmm. are probably my favourite movies. I love all kinds of film movies, but those are probably the ones. I love the best. Mm-hmm. I, I look back at some of the older ones that I was weaned on with great affection because they 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 had a bit of every, they had everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so they had great stories that made sense. They didn't have huge plot holes, and they had compelling characters. Yes. Um, so if I were lucky enough to to be offered a script like that, um, I, I'd probably jump on it. I mean, I'd love to have a go at. Um, doing a massive budget movie with a studio mm. but I'm quite at the same time you know quite wary and nervous of what might happen yes because you hear so many horror stories about people not being able to make the film they want and losing control of the project because of the big studio involvement so, yeah essentially I mean I I, I think I, I quite enjoy collaborating with people and I quite enjoy working in a team mm-hmm. and, and having a you know reflecting everybody's opinions and I enjoy that so I'm not nervous about it in that sense, but you know, uh, I just hope. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what comes along. Mm. Yeah, I've had a few interesting uh, calls with uh, American producers, and mm. some interesting scripts come in. And, and I don't think anything I'm going to do for my next movie, but um, uh, yeah. Okay. It's, sooner or later, that's probably going to become possible one way or another. Mm. Now, p- personally, um, <laughs> I got interested in films uh, when I was really small and my dad would take us away uh, for a holiday and um, he was the one that introduced me to uh, Star Wars and uh, yeah. Indiana Jones and it just blew my mind when I was a sm- when I was a small child and it yeah. just kind of it, it, it instilled this bug in me um, yeah. how, what was it for you? Um, it was I was um, 11 I think and I had a um, a friend called Akio Ito, who's from Japan, mm-hmm. he and I went to see Raiders of the Lost Ark, and uh, it just completely turned my head. <laughs> I thought I was transported through the experience, and uh, you know, so complete, it was com- it was complete escapism and, and sort of pleasure. Yes. Uh, and then I came out and I said that was the best film I'd ever seen, and that's kind of where I picked up a camera. Not long after that, I borrowed a, a rich friend's camera. Indiana Jones changed lives. It did. Right, Raiders of Lost Ark did, certainly. <laughs> yeah, it changed my life. <laughs> the reason, but only a similar thing to you, my dad, you know, he, my mum and dad wanted me to be, have a sensible job and do, you know, go and work in the city and be a stockbroker or something. Yeah, yeah. And they, um, but what was considered fun in our house was watching movies. And my dad used to sit me down and say, right, I'm going to show you, we're going to watch this film and he sort of give me his little version of why it was really good mm. um, and, and we'd sit down and watch it on a Sunday afternoon uh, and you know on Christmas 
day or whatever. Yes. And uh, I think that's probably the experience I'm trying to recapture as a filmmaker is that sort of Christmas Day movie, whether it's the late night one after the kids have gone to bed or one that you watch in the afternoon with the whole family. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that kind of magical escapist movie, you know, probably scored by John Williams. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. So would you actually, would you have any advice for young filmmakers? Um, God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Where to start? <laughs> um, well, you know, it's all the, all the standard stuff, really. I'm trying to think if I can say something that's going to be actually useful. <laughs> you know, they kind of, you have to be very determined and you have to be... Hmm. Thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. And um, I, I really wish you all the best with the film because, I mean, it, it, it really, I, I really wish it becomes something really big. Oh, I hope so. Well, fingers crossed. Thank you very much for your time. And that's the end of the telephone interview with John Wright, director of the British movie, British monster movie Grubbers. Probably better to say Irish, actually. Yeah, maybe. Irish. Irish Irish monster movie. Irish alcoholic monster movie. (laughs) Grubbers. And this is it uh, for uh, this interview episode, number 24 of the Movie Wave. Uh, Find more movie action at facebook.com slash the movie wave and tricycle.co.uk where you can read all the issues of Tricycle Magazine for free. Tricycle Magazine is now responsible for the content of this program and all opinions and views expressed on the show are solely of the individuals. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be surfing the wave soon. Grab it in the night, grab it in the day Grab it right now, it'll get away You better snatch your grab it Snatch and grab it Grab it in the east, grab it in the west, grab it in the place where you hold it best. You better snatch and grab it, snatch and grab it, better snatch and grab it before it gets away. This podcast is a production of Calvinette Entertainment for Tricycle Magazine. 
Find out more at tricycle.co.uk. That's T-R-I-S-I-C-K-L-E dot co dot UK. Dead? Oh, no, no. No, they're, they're just sleeping. <laughs> <laughs>